It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 18th, 2020. My name is Phil Prosser-Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR_ONG. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to finish off our conversation with Stuart Hodge, where we do kind of a post-mortem on the entire Orlando Magic season. I'll recap the first two parts of that conversation coming up here in just a moment before we dive into the final part of our three-part conversation. Should be a good one at that. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast. I work by searching Gravity Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast, you're covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. This podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows our team best. What's really going on with the Boston Celtics? Check out Locked On Celtics. Want what's really going on with the Denver Nuggets? Check out Locked On Nuggets. The best source, your best resource for coverage during the Eastern and Western Conference Finals will be your four local Locked On podcasts. Locked On Nuggets, Locked On Lakers, Locked On Celtics, and Locked On Heat. You can also check out our national shows, Locked On NBA, as well as Rejecting the Screen and the Hollinger and Duncan NBA show for a national perspective. But still, the local experts are probably your best bet to get the lowdown on what's really going on with with these teams as they prepare for the conference finals. Don't forget, too, we have great podcasts across the sports spectrum, including in the NFL with Week 2 coming up. So you can check out Locked on Bucks or Locked on Jaguars. Or even in the NHL, where we send a hearty congratulations to our pals at Locked on Lightning for the Tampa Bay Lightning reaching the Stanley Cup Final for the third time. Very, very happy for them. And congratulations to the Lightning Bolts as well. No matter what your team is, whether it's the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. And while I'm thinking about it, of course, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Rays and Locked On Rays, if, uh, I think there's a Locked On Rays, uh, for making the playoffs for the second straight year. Very, very awesome stuff, guys. We're, we're happy. We're happy for, we're happy for all, all our, our local teams, even though Tampa and Orlando have a healthy rivalry. Um, it is not enough, at least in, in those two teams, uh, to, to say that that we hate them. Plus, you know, the Lightning share Paul Porter. I mean, you know, I, I I made the joke a little while ago. You know, I asked like, hey, did they did they have Paul Porter record stuff for the light for the Lightning games in the bubble? And uh, the the uh, Lightning blog, Bolts by the Bay, uh, told me that yes, they did record Paul Porter for the for the NHL bubble. So uh, we're all Paul Porter fans here. So so we'll, we'll 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 let we'll let that go. If you don't know who Paul Porter is, he's the PA announcer for the Magic. Has been the PA announcer for the Magic since the beginning. Lives in Tampa, also does PA for the Lightning as well. But let's turn our attention to the Orlando Magic. This week, we've been kind of putting a bow on the Orlando Magic season. We will get back to player evaluations next week. Um, We're putting a bow on the Orlando Magic season by really just breaking down all the big questions and issues that this team faces. We broke down in part one of my conversation with Stuart Hodge a little bit about where this team stands now. 
we both kind of came to the conclusion that that you know the injuries hurt this team dramatically and certainly within the bubble but they acquitted themselves well in the playoffs and and did a lot of really good things it was, it was a tough season you know a season where the magic you know maybe didn't hit all their expectations and all their benchmarks and all their goals but still did a lot of really good things uh, and, a, and a lot of things that that are you know not are necessary steps forward but still things that 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 are accomplishments again at least in a very small scale is it where the magic want to be though and that's a part where the conversation turns a little bit it is not ultimately where the magic want to be no one here is sitting here saying that they are satisfied with being the 8 seed no one's sitting here saying they're satisfied with being a 39 win team or 38 win team or in this case a 33 and 40 team no one is sitting here saying that that that's where the magic ultimately want to be that's that's not at all what we're saying we do believe that this team needs to take a step forward. And as we got into part two of the conversation, we began asking, how are the Magic going to step forward? How are the Magic going to get better? How are they going to improve upon themselves to take that next step, that important next step? It, it, it is a very real and very difficult question to answer. We undoubtedly know that the Magic needs shooting. And, and a, lot of, a lot of, I think, the skill-based stuff that the Magic are going to be focused on has to be on adding more shooters. I'm doing some lineup analysis right now with the tool that Nylon Calculus made available that really just displays how little shooting the Magic have and how difficult it has been for the Magic to create lineups that have enough shooting to space the floor for a guy like Mark Fultz or for a guy like Evan Fournier or a guy like Nikola Vujic or even a guy like Aaron Gordon. Finding a lineup that fits and works consistently is going to be the most difficult part of this rebuild, and certainly the Magic also have to worry a little bit about building up their depth, too. But what's really at stake here, what's really at at heart, is kind of the overarching philosophy of this Magic and their rebuild. We talked a little bit about the draft on yesterday's podcast, uh, and and we're going to dive into that a little bit more today about the Magic needed to make sure they draft, you know, not just a, a a philosophical fit, but a positional and need fit too. And again, you know, you can't always have it both ways. You got to take what's available to you in the draft. But on the other hand, you know, a big thing that I talked about yesterday and something that I have reiterated time and time and time and time again, even as, even as I'm disagreeing with people saying, oh, the Magic should go trade up for number two or, or do this or that, I, I that's not what I would do. But I have said repeatedly, and I wholeheartedly believe this, if the Magic identify a player, whether it is a trade option or a draft pick, that they truly believe will help this team significantly in the future, go out and get him. The one thing I think that we all want to see, and the one thing that I think we do want to happen, is for the Magic to be a little bit more aggressive. For the Magic to go out and make things happen that ultimately help them succeed in the long run. Um, you know, I, I, I will say this. Of all the disagreements I've had with people online since the season ended, I, I won't call them disagreements. Honestly, I won't call them disagreements. We've had discussions. And I would say I, I have largely agreed with everyone's logic in these. Um, you know, so if you come at me, you know, at Omagic Daily or at Philip R underscore MD with a trade proposal or a trade suggestion or a trade idea or a free agent idea, you know, it... I'm not. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I, 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 if I if I do, I, I apologize. That's not my intention. Um, I, I have. I, I'm. I'm naturally conservative on on these things. I'm naturally a little bit more hesitant to make significant changes. I know some people kind of interpret that as you know me being okay with mediocrity, which I usually say. Well, 
this team was stuck in hell for six years. I will take purgatory for a few. Um, I, I am my big thing during this time, and, and I will talk more about this philosophy, um, you know, throughout this offseason because God knows we'll have a lot of time. Um, my big philosophy has always been make the right move. Don't make just any move. Make the right move. And the reality to me is that we don't know. I mean, the reality to me is if, if you're not sure it's the right move, making a, making a move just to make a move does nothing. Every move has to have purpose. Every move has to be working toward a larger goal. There has to be a reason behind it, and it has to be well-reasoned. So again, if you're coming to me saying, oh, the Magic should trade Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic to Golden State for the second pick and, and, and Andrew Wiggins, honestly, like the logic a lot of people have had behind it is sound. You know, to say you're getting a high draft pick, very high upside player, you're getting younger, you're, you're kind of expanding your ceiling or you're opening your ceiling up a little bit. You don't know if it's going to be higher or lower, but you're opening it up a little bit. Um, you know, you're getting Andrew Wiggins, who is a, you know, volume scorer. He is a volume shooter and something that I have said, and I think I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, you know, I, I would like to see what this team looks like with a kind of volume score. I, I mentioned DeMar DeRozan. I don't think he's the answer. I don't, don't know how that would work or how that would happen. Um, and I don't think the Magic should do it. But someone like him who can just get a basket whenever he wants and is still relatively efficient would be interesting to me. Andrew Wiggins is not that guy. And, and, and that's where I kind of draw the line. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not sure James Wiseman is better than Nikola Vucic. I don't, I don't know if that's, that's necessarily a move I would make. I, I think that would be too big of a risk. Now, and again, I think what the Magic have proven this year and what the Magic proved during their, their Rob Hennigan years is having quality veterans, having solid veterans is necessary. And, and I don't think you can go, I don't think you can go too young. Um, I, 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 I think, or I think you can go too young. I, I, I think, you, I don't think you want to go too young. Um, and so I, I do think the Magic right now have a healthy balance of, of young players um, who are in the rotation. I mean, again, I know a lot of people are frustrated that Fultz doesn't play more or that Bamba doesn't play more, but they're in the rotation. They're contributing to a winning team. Um, Young veterans like Vucevic, Gordon, and Fournier. And honestly, I think this team needs some older guys. Like, I am I am legitimately concerned about losing DJ Augustine this offseason because they need a guy like DJ Augustine. You know, I, I, maybe Alfru Camino can be that. Um, you know, I'm still I'm still high on Chief. Um, but but I, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is there. So again, there are a lot of questions about this Magic team. And, and, and a lot of them are kind of bigger philosophical questions about how does this team get better. So if we get into a discussion, and I'm always happy to have discussions. I, I, I love the passion of Magic fans. And, and if I get a little frustrated sometimes, I apologize. I know, I know Twitter can sometimes be a little too reactionary. And I, I prefer nuance over reaction, which is you know probably, probably what frustrates people about me sometimes too. Because I am, I am not, I'm, not, I, I'm not here to be an arbiter if, if I can help it. Um, uh, and again, if I cross that, if I if I if I'm not that, sometimes I apologize. But um, there are a lot of big issues with very few real answers, uh, and so you know there there are a lot of different paths to magic can go down. And I think we're going to explore a lot of those paths here during this off season if we have until November uh, for the draft to take place. Now, so having said all that, that's that, that that I think that's a healthy recap of the first two episodes, first two parts of this conversation. Um, you can go back into our archives for both Wednesday and Thursday and listen to parts one and two of my conversation with Stuart Hodge. In part three, we will talk about the bigger philosophical issues facing the magic and how we believe. 
they will attack them. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I think the Magic have essentially been drafting. I think this is part of the dissonance between what we're seeing on the court and what how we're seeing the front office act. Um, I think the Magic have essentially treated the draft as you know we just need skills. You know we need everything, so we'll draft whatever we'll draft whatever we need. And and I think that the approach and the idea, and I generally believe this about any draft: draft the best player available. You don't you know you don't know if a player will fit a specific need or fill a specific role. Rookies are notoriously just untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of the Magic's approach has been let's focus on drafting the best player that we can. I, I honestly I think the Chumo Kiki draft, the, the reason they drafted Okiki was solely for the cap saving. Um they they drafted him to defer him a year. Um, which, you know, again, is that the right use of resource for a team that was so desperate to add new players on the cheap? I don't. I don't know. I, I do think Okiki's a good player. I think that if he, I were think healthy, that's an interesting question. Do you know, it wasn't one I, I hadn't actually sort of put that question together in my head, but it's an interesting one to ask. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I, I do think that there is dissonance a little bit between you know the Magic are saying they want to compete, they want to win in the play, they want to win in the playoffs, they want to advance in the playoffs, um, but they're drafting you know as if the draft is a separate thing, um, you know, as not a feeder into the team, so to speak. But again, mm-hmm. if you draft on need too much, sometimes you miss out on really good players. I mean, did the Nuggets need Michael Porter Jr.? No, but they were in a position where they could take that risk, where they could they could that give was, him the year to figure out his back injury and then play him. Um, that was the, that, were, that was the miss for me because I think that's a gamble that yeah, that was a gamble that I would have taken. Like, I don't I'm know not, if that was the gamble I would have taken if I were the Magic that year. Um, I, I think I, I think I would. But I think I, I, I think yeah. that. I mean, I think that the Magic envisioned, you know, I think the Magic were victims of their own success. I think the Magic believed they were not going to resign Nikola Vucevic. Um, and that was part of the plan. And Mo Bamba, you know, Mo Bamba was a very good player. Uh, was probably the best player, uh, you know, for a long time, he was the best, considered the best player in that draft class. Um, you know, uh, certainly heading into high, heading out of high school, he was considered the best, one of the better, if not the top high school prospect in like the second or third. Um, so, you know, the talent is undoubtedly there. Um, and, and I think the Magic envisioned he would understudy with Vucevic for a year, and then he would take over the spot when Vucevic was gone. Um, so the, and- this this raises the question, though, right? Like looking into next year, you've got those two and Ken Burch on the books, right? So I, I mean, who, who's the expendable one there? Like obviously, it's good to have Ken Burch there in case Vucevic does get flipped for something else. I mean, I think uh, Ken Burch is always expendable. I mean. Ken Burch yeah, yeah. at this point is, is just a throw into a trade deal because you can always find a, a third string center. Like third string centers are not hard to find. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I should have maybe phrased that a bit differently. What I'm getting at is um, when it comes to when it comes to the Birch sort of situation, though. Um, going back to the point you made earlier about yeah, young sort of players have to earn their keep 
if you want to win, do you sacrifice a few wins to, to allow Mo Bamba to, to work out some some sort of wrinkles and, and stuff that, that he, he needs to work out? Because Ken Burch is a reliable glass eater and you know what you're going to get from him every night. But, but he's limited, yeah. I, I would, I would say, I would say this. I would say this, though. Like, I think in 2019, the Magic did that. I think the Magic did sacrifice wins to give Mo Bamba experience because when Mo Bamba, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's fully coincidence that when Mo Bamba got hurt, that's when the Magic really started to take off because Ken Burch was really good in that in that run. Um, mm-hmm. This year, though, I thought Mo Bamba was significantly better than than Ken Burch. Um, you know, I, I, I Burch was very good in the bubble and very good uh, in the playoffs. But I thought Bamba was better overall throughout the season, uh, and, and I think that I think that Bamba did earn his keep. And honestly, you know, I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, Bamba needs to play more minutes." He averaged 14 minutes per game. I think that could have been bumped up to 16 or 17 very easily. I thought that he had earned more minutes, and frankly, just he started playing better at a time when Steve Clifford was tightening his rotation and relying on Vucevic more. Which, whether you want to believe it or not, Nikola Vucevic is the best player on this team. Uh, he's oh, no, going I, to get I, he's I, going I, to get 30 minutes a game. At least, if not more, he has Steve Clifford's complete trust because he just he doesn't make mistakes. I mean, defensively, sure, he isn't the most ideal player, but he's in the right position more often than not. Exactly. exactly I mean, he's, he's a passable. He's a passable defender. He's functional. He's um, good on the boards, and he's the one player on the Orlando Magic. And I even include Terrence Ross in this, other than I'm sort of jacking up threes, running around screens, right? Um, Nikola Vucevic is the player that if you if you just need a bucket of some sort in a situation where the defense has really sort of got you locked down, then you give the ball to Nikola Vucevic and he can maybe make something happen. And I truly believe that. And he is, I mean, I think the other thing about Nikola is he's one of those players, he's been there that long and he's, he's stuck with it that part of the emotional attachment to Nikola Vucevic for me as a Magic fan is really, really strong now. Like, I just love him. I love that he got his all-star appearance. I think if um, whether whether he stays or goes, I think he, he could well be an all-star again next year. Given given the, the the sort of way his games kind of kind of gone, it's, and and also the way that the sport has changed to now accepting players of his ilk more readily. You know, I I, I think the. The, the Nikola Jokic thing is going to, in a similar way to what the Golden State Warriors did and to what Stan Van Gundy did with the, the Magic a few years, if you go back in, in time a bit, um, there, there's certain types of players and teams that transform the thinking of the NBA as a whole. Nikola Jokic and what's happening with the Denver Nuggets, I think, is one of those situations. And I think all that does is add value in terms of trade value for Nikola Vucevic and for the Magic, so that's a thing that we've 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 got to feel positive about, and it's it's exciting to to know that the Magic have options, and I'm not even as bothered as I, I perhaps would have been maybe six months ago, um, just before lockdown or, or, or sort of start of the year, um, if you'd said yeah the Magic are pretty much gonna gonna walk it back as is without any major additions, I'd be like well no we should really be flipping the script. But having seen the way that the culture has set in and the way that the team just fought through so much adversity to 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 to, to take a game from the box and to to really sort of I think pretty much assert themselves as as a sort of viable team that that can't just be dismissed uh, this year because I felt last season even though the record was better I felt last season it was still like yeah we kind of snuck in the east and we took one yeah. game off. 
Packers, whatever. It was. It could have been a one-year flash in the pan. This year, we proved that we're still there. We're still doing it. We fought through an entire litany of injuries throughout the year, right? I mean, it was throughout the year. But the Magic now have an identity. Teams, teams know what to expect when they play the Orlando Magic, and they know they're not going to get an easy game. And that is something that I think shows shows huge progress. There's an interesting fork in the road coming because I think there comes a point where what Steve Clifford can do, I think he deserves some tools to play with offensively so that we can see how far he can take the team, like a bit more a bit more to work with. But at the same time, I think there comes a point where you say, is Steve Clifford still the right coach for the Magic based? And this is not me criticising him, by the way, because I've done... I've done a total sort of about face on Steve Clifford this season based on how he's managed to make it work with the Magic. And I think he's he's a very, very inventive coach when it comes to some of the offensive stuff that he does. And he instills a work ethic. He stops his team turning the ball over, all of the Steve Clifford sort of rudimentary stuff. But there does come a point in the future, I think, where you ask the question, is Steve Clifford the right person? See this new Magic team that we're talking about, the team of the future and, and what it looks like. Whether Steve Clifford's the right man for that or not is a question that remains up in the air. And it's interesting that they're keeping their cards so close to their chest about what that team might look like because a lot of people would probably rather they came out and spelled out their vision and said, look, this is the kind of team that we're going to try and be and this is how we're going to try and get there. It's interesting that they're not doing that. My wonder is, are they doing that because they don't know sort of the injury future of a few of the players, how far they're going to push on based on the injuries that they've had? Thinking Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz with the thoracic outlet syndrome, um, even to a lesser extent Mo Bamba. Are they going to sort of, are they playing their cards close to their chest because they want to see how these sort of players what level they eventually reach? Or are they doing it because they have something in their head that they were really keeping really quiet about because the they have a definite move in mind and they're they're scared of any leaks getting out because they have they have a play in their head. That's what I wonder. I wonder if it's one or if it's the other. And uh, that that that's the question I would I would put to you is I mean, what's your inkling on that? Do you think they have a play in their head, or do you think they're just waiting and sussing out? what the situation is with these players that have been riddled with injuries. Oh, I have a plan in my head. Uh, but this is an aside because we have to do an ad read. Uh, we'll get back to the conversation with Stuart Hodge here in just a moment. But before I lay out my grand vision of the Orlando Magic in their future, I need a break and I need an energy boost. And that's why I turn to Built Bar for my energy boost. I have tried to get into protein bars for such a long time. I, I want the supplement. I want the little, I want the relatively healthy energy boost that comes from a protein bar because protein is still the best way to get energy. It's the best it is. It, 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 it's science, I think. Um, but protein bars are just, they, they don't taste right. You know, some the, the crunchy bars are too granola-y. Um, you know, the, the, the chocolate doesn't taste quite right. And frankly, some of these bars are just meal replacement bars. And that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a snack, a quick shot of energy. And that's why I'm glad that I found Built Bar or Built Bar found me because they, they sponsored this podcast first, and then I tried them and they were great. Um, Built Bar is the energy bar, the protein bar, that tastes like a candy bar. They come in 18 amazing flavors, and I can say from the flavors that I have tried, they taste exactly like these flavors. I got cookies and cream. I got caramel brownie. I got carrot cake. 
I got raspberry. Well, that one's not for me. But I got German chocolate or double chocolate mousse. I'm trying a vanilla one right now that I don't even know is even offered anymore, but it is delicious. It tastes exactly like it says on the box. How often do you get that? Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets, come in amazing, amazing flavors. Check out, like, the cookies and cream. I have a, I just got a box of cookies and cream. I'm excited to try them out. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. When was the last time you ate something with cookies and cream that, was that, that seemed that full of the nutrients you need and relatively healthy again? Go to BuiltBar.com today. And use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I, I You know, I I think obviously they're waiting to see what I think they have a good idea of what Jonathan Isaac is and potentially what he could be. I mean, I think they have a good idea. I mean, Marco Fultz is a rookie. Uh, you know, I think next year is a big year for Marco Fultz. It's not just a contract year for him. It's a, okay, you made it through one season, okay. Now, how does your game grow? I mean, Jeff Waltman said it best after the season ended. He said, you know, the great thing about what Marco Fultz's season now is now we can talk about him as a player. We don't have to talk about him in the context of his injury. We can now talk to him about him as a player and how he gets better. And that's, you know, obviously contract year for Marco Fultz too. It's mm-hmm. it, next year is a big year for Markel Fultz. Like, so we can figure out whether he's ultimately the team's starting point guard. I mean, yes, he had a great year 12 points per game, though. You know, what, five, four and a half, five assists per game? It's not blowing anyone away. He's still shooting sub 30 from beyond the arc, but at least he's shooting those threes now. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good mid range jump shooter. He's good at knowing how to create a space, but there's still a fair amount of skepticism about what he can be uh, ultimately at the, le- at the league level. And, you know, you look at mock drafts. There's a lot of people that are saying, like, you know, I'm not sold on Markel Fultz. The Magic should take a point guard here, whether it's Tyrese Maxey or Cole Anthony or, you know, or trading up to go get Tyrese Halliburton or taking Theo Maladon or, you know, or, or, or Kira mm-hmm. Lewis or whoever it is. Um, there, you know, there's still, there, there's still a lot of questions at that point guard position, you know, especially because DJ Augustine and Michael, Michael Carter-Williams are both free agents this summer as well. Both free agents this summer. I was going to come to that. So there's a bit, there is a hole there to be filled and it's how yes, they fill it. yes. Um, and, and I think it's one of the, I mean, that's like one of the big questions the Magic face this, this summer is, is how they fill that spot. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the Magic, I think that Jeff Waltman has an idea of the kind of team he wants to build and kind of the kind of player that he needs to fit around the core guys that he wants to build around. But at the same time, he's still figuring out if they're, those guys are core guys. And, and like we said, hmm. the next move that Waltman makes, that all-in move, that's the move that's going to define his tenure. That's and he knows it. And I don't know how long he can wait. And you know, I think the Isaac injury maybe gives him a year to to figure that out a little bit, or to move to to kind of set the chessboard up the way that he wants to in some respects. Um, but you know, that's the move that's going to matter. Um, you know, as as far as this season goes, 
you know, I, I agree 100%. You know, I felt like the number one goal for the Magic this season was prove that the 2019 season wasn't a fluke. Prove that that season, you know, was something real. And I think they did that. And I think, I, think, I mean, they, I, think they I think back-to-back playoff appearances, I don't think we should poo-poo it away or say, oh, they did it as a 33 and 40 team. They, you know, they, you know they're probably going to be a 38, 39 win team anyway. Um, you know, we, I don't think we should completely push it away. It's not where we want to be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not satisfied. I don't think that the season, I think we look back at the season, the 2020 season with disappointment, not with pride. But making the playoffs for a second straight year is, again, proof of concept, is proof that this team is good enough to make the playoffs and to expect to make the playoffs every year. I don't care what the injuries are next year for the Magic. Barring dramatic changes to the roster where they just get ridiculously young or they, you know, they trade away all their veterans, I still expect the Magic to compete for and make the playoffs in 2021. And that's a testament to the work that Steve Clifford has done and, and that Jeff Waltman has done to, to change the culture and identity. Hang, hang on, hang on, though. Hang on, though. Okay. Take, Nic- take Nikola Vucevic away, right? Yeah. Um, do you still expect that to be the, Do you still stand by that statement? That, that one player, right? De- um, depends and- on what they get back. Like, if it's if they if they trade Nikola Vucevic away for the second pick and take LaMelo Ball and, you know, bring back Andrew Wiggins... I don't, I don't personally, I like Mo Bamba a lot. I'm really excited for what his future can bring. I don't think he's ready to start yet. Um, that's, that's yeah. asked. I mean, that's asking a lot. And again, I, I'm sitting here saying, looking at this roster, like this is still a playoff caliber team. Am I sitting here predicting they're going to make the playoffs today? You know, if you ask me to, you know, get an over under or, you know, go to Vegas and put money on them to make the playoffs. I'm probably not there. I, I, I do think that the magic most likely fall out of the playoffs in 2021 as things stand today, but I still think they can compete for and 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 potentially make a playoff spot with the players that they have now. Now shift some of these guys around again. Trade Nikola Vucevic to Golden State and bring back Lamelo Ball and and Andrew Wiggins. I'm not as optimistic that that team makes the playoffs. Hmm. No, I'm 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 the same with you, and I think the Markel folks is the interesting one um, that, that you mentioned. And there's a few there's a few things that have happened right that that seem to have bought. Weltman time. So you mentioned how Jonathan Isaac's money probably won't be what it could have been because of the injury situation. Um, Markel Fultz, um, definitely, I mean, if you go back to, to, to sort of Philly time and 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 before he had the, the, the sort of thing that affected the shot then would, would probably have been walking into a really, really big contract. But again, um, if his production next year, if the numbers aren't much better, then it will be interesting to see what kind of money he's expecting to command. Um, but there's a few different sort of things that you just look at in terms of if you if you, if you look at the way that the sort of salary salaries are spread out in the team, and you think it's almost like fate is kind of giving Weltman a bit of time to just you put it really really nicely when you said move the pieces on the chessboard to how he wants it, and fate is kind of throwing him lifelines in terms of giving him time to do that but what I wonder is where that statute of limitations comes in terms of saying right you've had long enough to procrastinate now cash in your chips for me that's the the big move if it doesn't come next season has to come the season after like I don't think there's any choice in the matter that if not in the off season early no I'm not talking trade deadline time I'm talking early in the 2021 2022 season and the only bit 
of the salary cap I look at in terms of what's already clogged up of that at the moment is you're giving $10 million plus to Alfred Camino. That's the only bit of dead weight that I see there. So that is one of the contracts that I would probably try and move if I were them. Um, I get that he filled the the need that the Magic required and defensively he's a real asset in a lot of ways, but I don't think having t- t- that £10 million on the on the books for 21-22 is where the Magic want to be. So that's the one that I would be proactively looking to move along with, obviously, Evan Fournier and an expiring... Um, on an expiring contract, this is assuming he takes his player option. So when I look at all of those factors, it's almost like fate is kind of playing into the hands of, as you say, giving him time to just set the chessboard up how he wants to make the move. And the interesting bit for me, they've always said nothing's ever off the table. That's that's always been the kind of line that's trotted out. We wait to see what opportunities present themselves. But a bit like you talked about attacking the draft, and sort of going after a prospect, it's at what point do they actually go and and look for the all-in move themselves rather than waiting for a team to come to them with a ridiculously positive trade proposal such as the one that landed Markel Fultz at Orlando Magic's door, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's that's the tricky part. That's what a good GM has to do is they have to identify the players they want and when you know make create opportunity. You know, I I. I tell I tell people this on Twitter all the time. I am I would not make a good GM. I am a conservative person. Uh, I I don't make a good GM anyway because you know when I'm playing <laughs> fantasy sports, I'm too I'm too aggressive and I don't think things through. But you know what? I I am too conservative of a person to to say you know this is exactly what I would do or this is exactly how I I, I would play things out. I I do not envy the job that general managers across the league have to do. They're playing, you know if if, if I know there's this board game called diplomacy. Um, which apparently ruins friendships if you've if you've ever, ever okay. played it, huh? I've never I've never played it. It's, it's it sounds like I would like it. <laughs> it, it. It's it's essentially risk without the board. From from what I understand, it's it's it's, 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 this, it's this board game where you take on the role of a country, and your goal is to you know sort of trick the other countries to do what you want them to do. Um, you know, so it, it's 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 risk without the element of chance. It's it's you know like I, I remember I was listening to like This American Life. And they and they had like an actual diplomat, like an actual United States diplomat, like observe a game. And he was like, you know, this was actually like pretty close to how it is in real life and kind of the tension. And apparently, like he left the room. The guy that the guy that he was he was shadowing went back in and said, Oh yeah, no, they all told me that they were going easy on me because there's a real diplomat in the room. The rest of the game, I got I got, you know, I got beat up really bad because they were just all <laughs> cutthroat like crazy. That's how that's what playing GM is like. I hope everyone realizes it. It's like when you're when you're uh, the thing the thing that I don't think people realize about being a general manager or being an executive in the NBA is you're se- essentially running an intelligence service and you're playing like this gigantic game of poker against everyone. It's 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 it, the stakes are low compared to like real issues, but like you're trying to gain as much information about players on other teams as you can legally, of course. Um, sometimes not legally. Sometimes you know <laughs> along those along those blurred lines. Um, uh, trying to gain as much information as you can on draft prospects and trying to figure out, you know, what little information you can about a person that you cannot talk to directly, except in very specific circumstances and instances, um, to help make decisions that affect the future of your franchise. It is, it is not an easy job. And so finding, you know, like I'm big on 
find the right move. You know, don't make a move just to make a move. That's how that's that's how GMs get taken advantage of is when they're backed into a corner, other GMs are circling. They know when a GM is in trouble and they take advantage of that GM. You know, you know, when you're flailing wildly, I mean, look at Rob Hennigan his last year in Orlando. He got Oh, don't remind me. He got, you know, the Magic put a lot of pressure on him to win. Everyone in the league knew it. And Detroit stole Tobias Harris from him. The Thunder stole Victor Oladipo from him. Um, you know, it was just, it was, it was, the, you know, the, the, he, he wasted the cap room that the Magic, you know, got from the Tobias Harris trade. You know, if you'd rather have Bismack, Biombo, DJ Augustine, and Jeff Green than Tobias Harris, I can't help you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, there, you know, there's a lot of wasted assets because teams knew that Rob Hennigan was in trouble. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy job. Um, and finding the right move. And, you know, maybe you can't wait for the right move. You might have to wait, get do a move that gets you a little bit closer. So, again, my big thing with Jeff Waltman, I, I'm not going to pretend to know what's actually on the table or what moves actually exist for him. It, it, I, I don't like speculating in that, in that era, in that realm. But I do say this. Every move that Jeff Waltman makes or every move or every thought that Jeff Waltman has has to come with intention. There has to be a purpose behind that move. There has to be yeah. an overarching goal that he is trying to accomplish to, to move this team forward in, in some way. And that's the part that's, that's really tough to figure out because, again, in the public, we don't have all the information. He has a ton of information. Like I, I said this from, from the time the pandemic started, you know, at this point, even if the season resumes, even if the Magic have a really good playoffs, Jeff Weltman has to have his plan set already. He's had all this time in the world. He should know exactly the steps he wants to take. And, and I'm eager to see how much of that plan gets implemented. But I do think that starting this offseason, we're going to start seeing Jeff Weltman kind of take the reins and control of this team and, and kind of shape it the way that, that he wants it shaped. I am looking forward to watching that move from sort of staying in the, the neutral or the the lower gears of the of the car, like revving up, ramping up the the intensity, the the aggressiveness of the approach, uh, and in terms of the way the magic go about their business. Um, I, I think, to be honest, we've covered most of the areas that I wanted yeah. to chat about. The, the one last question that I wanted to ask you, you talked about um, how difficult it is being a GM. The best way you can sort of try your hand at doing that is by playing the best-selling sports franchise video game in the world. So what do you think of the new NBA 2K, man? Yeah, fan? Uh, don't, don't get me started. Uh, they made shooting very, very hard. And I'm not sure... I mean, I get... I get trying to create a skills gap and, and trying to, you know, make it so, you know, you have to get better shots. And, and I would say this, I, I think the game is more realistic. The, the kind of shot quality totally. that you get and the, and the way you have to create shots, you can't just mash the turbo button. You can't just kind of run headlong into, guy, into guys. You know, I, I do think that the game is more realistic except for the shooting. I mean, I, 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 am a, I, I won't pretend I am a, a great 2K player. Um, I have played every version since 2K17. Um, I, I feel like I am solid, not great. I, I'm able to to play the computer in the offline modes and, and feel, you know, challenged, you know, but still fairly successful. This this year's game, man, like, I I, I am so beyond, fr- I, I am very frustrated with the shooting. It is so precise. There's no margin for error with it. 
Um, you know, I, I think even the defensive settings are a little bit off. Like guys don't turn around and react to the ball driving to the basket as quickly. Um, you know, it's it there there are still a lot of tweaks that I think that that are going to get made to the game. They've already adjusted the shooting twice since the game came out two weeks ago, um, which I don't think bodes well. It, it certainly feels like they spent more time on next gen consoles than on the current gen consoles. So um, if you're thinking of buying 2K21, um, you know, if you're planning on buying the new the new PlayStation 5 or Xbox S or whatever it's called, um, I'd probably wait for that in December. Um, you know, you might be behind on my, I think my player resets um, in December so it doesn't carry over. If you play my team like me, it does carry over. So it might benefit you to to buy a, a version now and, and, and upgrade when, when it comes out. But I mean... I'm still, I'm getting better. Like yesterday I hit four threes with Clay Thompson, which made me very, very happy. Um, like that, like literally like those were the only four jump shots that I made the entire game. That's, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here, but Hey, I made four threes. I was extremely happy and celebrated a win that because of that, um, playing with Shaq's great. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that card is fantastic. Um, you know, but it's, I, I don't recommend this game for novice gamers. I I, I don't think you're going to get the enjoyment out of it that you would have gotten from previous versions. Um, I, I, and I think that's really unfortunate. I think I think I think 2K21 really missed the boat on this one. I, I, I'm still playing. I'm still getting better. I, I fully admit that. I have gotten a lot better, but I am still just you know it's not a game that I think you can just pick up and play. You got to practice it a little bit and get used to it. And it's it's. It's not intuitive like it was in previous years, and and the margin for error is just so small. So I, I, I am. That's that's kind of where I stand right now. Maybe that'll change as I get better and improve at the game. But it shouldn't take me two weeks to to feel really confident in this game. No, 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 no. I th- I think that frustration seems to be shared by a lot of people. I've only played it a little bit, so I'm I'm reserving judgment at this point. Um, what I will say, and this is my chance to have a little tease uh, things that are happening with me is. Um, I am going to be bringing back a basketball podcast that I used to do over here in the UK, although we're, we're rebranding it a bit, called the, the Bouncy Orange Ball Podcast. It's at Bouncy Podcast on Twitter. And without giving too much away, it's uh, as part of a, a sort of wider thing, um, movement that I am uh, in the process of creating. Um, but you usually ask me at this point where people can get me, so I might as well volunteer that information right now. I am at Hodgy the Hack on well, all of the socials actually. So Hodgy the Hack, that's H O D G E Y the Hack, T H E H A C K. Uh, and you can get me on Twitter, you can get me on Facebook, you can get me on Instagram, although I don't use it. I will start doing so soon, but I haven't yet. Um, and you can get me on whatever one I didn't mention. Oh, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, um, and again, Stuart, it's always great to have you on here. Great to to have conversation. I think we we co- I think we covered about everything. I mean, I'm gonna. Uh, you're, if you're listening to this, you probably already listened to all three episodes, but I'm gonna split this up into into. I'm gonna chop this up into three episodes, so we so we carry us throughout the week. Uh, Good, kind of good post-mortem and a look ahead uh, for the Orlando Magic. I always appreciate you coming on, Stuart, and 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 kicking it with us here. And 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 hopefully we'll be talking again, hopefully talk again closer to the draft when I've done a little bit more study on it. No, listen, man, I think it's always good fun. And we've done enough of these now that I think we've got we've got a nice rhythm with them. Um, like, so hopefully, hopefully this fluency and rhythm that we've found translates to the team itself next year. Let's say that. Yep. Thank you. Thank you again, Stuart, for for coming on, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me, man. All the best.
I want to thank Stuart once again for coming on. You can, of course, listen to parts one and two of this conversation on Wednesday and Thursday's episodes of Locked on Magic. Just go back into our archives wherever you download our podcast to get part one and two again. This was a long, long conversation. We covered a lot of topics about the Orlando Magic, both the present and looking ahead to what comes next. So I hope this gave you a good sense of where things stand heading into the offseason. Of course, there are so many questions that the Magic are going to have to face down this offseason. I don't think we're going to get all the answers to them uh, in this offseason either. So we'll see exactly what happens once the offseason period begins in November. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow Stuart Hodge on Twitter at HodgeTheHack. That's H-O-D-G-E-Y. T-H-E-H-A-C-K, Haji the Hack. Definitely give him a follow. Give some good magic thoughts, and we appreciate him coming on the show and kind of giving a, a different voice and, and and kind of testing me a little bit because, again, I, I tend to drone on a little bit when I'm, I'm sitting in this chair on my own. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. My latest mock draft for the NBA draft is up on the site right now, so check that out when you can, Um, plus all our other great coverage as we begin to break down and dissect this Orlando Magic offseason. We'll be back next week. We'll do some depth chart review. We'll do some more player evaluation. Still a lot to get to as we wrap up the 2020 season and begin to look ahead to the 2021 season. But until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again for another episode of Locked on Magic. Shana Tova to my Jewish friends. Have a great weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.